There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Moses Sanchez, mayoral, mayoral candidate for the city of Phoenix. Welcome, Moses. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate, appreciate the time. Yeah, excited to have you on. Centauri, how was Passover slash Easter for you, sir? Um, what did I do? What did I do for Easter? Nothing. I ate a lot and then watched old episodes of SNL. And then on Saturday, I was with some of my uh, members and we had a raid the wine fridge day. So we just had a bunch of wines and a sommelier came out and it was it was fantastic. It was a good weekend. What about you guys? Raid the wine fridge day. That's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was so fun. <laughs> Moses, how about you, man? Uh, this Easter was a blessing. It really was. I, I, I got my church pew. I got the whole entire pew where I had all three of my kids and their significant others. And I had all three of my grandkids and their parents. And we had the entire, I mean, we were squeezed in. And so there's nothing more than, uh, nothing better than having all the kids uh, who don't live at home really anymore, all gathered together in one church pew, <laughs> squeezed in tight awesome. for Easter. Then we had the brunch, and uh, and I did take a nap, a good, good nap. <laughs> good, awesome. Well, we're thrilled to have you on, Moses. Uh, Twenty-one years in the United States Navy and still an active reservist, a small business owner, a elected member of Tempe Union High School governing board, family man, and all-around great guy from what I've heard. So excited to have you on. We were just talking. Um, offline before we started about one of the questions we'd love to ask, and that is, what are the top three things you've learned over the last three years? Wow. Um, so just a correction, I'm formally elected. So I, I, I got off the school board in uh, 2016. So my term, I had a four-year term from 2012 to 2016. And, uh, and so when, when, you, when you asked me the question about the last three years, uh, part of my term happened on those last three years. I, they overlapped. And, and I'm going to think of three things. And the three things I can think of on a personal level, uh, when I was on the school board, I did get to hand because I was the governing board president, um, my son, his high school diploma. And as the board president, not only did I get to hand him the diploma, but I got to sign it. And so there isn't very many people across the country who get their high school diplomas signed by their father. And, and it was actually something for me was really, really, um, it, it was rewarding. It was, it was emotional. Uh, and, and at the time I thought um, maybe my son didn't take it as serious as I did. You know, I uh, mean, maybe a couple of days after I'm like, yeah, he didn't care so much. Um, but it wasn't until I got off the board and I heard him one night uh, speaking with his friends. This was, you know, almost two years later. And he was actually talking about that moment and what a moment it was for him. He didn't know I was listening. Uh, and so uh, there are some things that I think we we take for granted, um, some moments that, that maybe we think other people don't appreciate or our kids don't listen to us. Um, 
when in reality, I think our kids listen to us a lot more than we think as parents. So that's one of the things that I, I've learned in the last few years is, is that my kids, my children, my, they're all adults now. My, they're adult children. My son's 21 now. Uh, they have actually listened to me more than I ever thought they did. That's one, one big lesson. I think another big lesson that I've learned in the last three years, uh, my company has grown um, twice the size, almost three times the size. Payroll is tripled in the last three years. And in uh, that scalability, uh, you learn, a, you have a lot of pitfalls, a lot of ups and downs. And one of the things that I've learned in the last three years in terms of being a businessman and a leader is sometimes uh, you don't find um, that talent that you're looking for. Uh, where you think it, it's supposed to be. Um, we have a digital marketing company, and you would think that the ideal candidate for, 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 for any one of our positions is somebody who's interested in marketing, right? And uh, maybe somebody who, who, who thinks about uh, graphic design work or, or sales, marketing. When you think of marketing, what do you think of, right? Mad men, right? <laughs> but in reality, it turns out that over the last three years, the best hires that we've had in our company, looking back, are some of the most creative writers. Um, and, and so like anime and, and fan fiction and just folks who, who spend a lot of time writing content. And it wasn't necessarily the, the, uh, the, the picturesque, the people with the, the right images. It wasn't that. It was more the people who can write. You can teach a lot of the marketing skills that are out there, but this creative pool of folks you, it's tough to teach that. So in the business world, sometimes what you're looking for, where you're looking for that talent, isn't necessarily the best place to find it. It's something that I think I've learned in the last three years. Um, and then in the classroom. So I teach uh, macro and microeconomics over at South Mountain Community College. And, uh, and I've been teaching there for nine years now. And I would say that uh, my, my first three years were, were interesting as a new teacher I kind of broke out of my mold in the middle three years, but the, the, the biggest lesson I've learned in the last three years, and I think, I think most teachers feel this way, or I would be surprised if they didn't, is that we as teachers learn more from our students than our students learn from us. And, and I think that's, that's another like, wow, I didn't, never really thought of it that way, but I get more uh, on a semester by semester, week by week, um, more surprises and more aha moments in my life uh, from my students than I think they get from me. So I would say those are the three things, biggest lessons I've learned in the last three years. Moses, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing. I, my undergrad is uh, English with an emphasis in creative writing. And so when I switched to English, actually from mathematics and economics, my parents were like, what are you going to do with that? And it has served me well because of business owners like you. So kudos to that. I wanted to, um, for our listeners, give us a, a little bit about your path to where you are now. So you're a mayoral candidate for the city of Phoenix, uh, business owner. Tell us a little bit about, about that and what brought you here. Well, I, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I came to America when I was five years old. Uh, grew up in the Bay Area, Northern California. Uh, my wife is a native from Arizona, and I met her in the Bay Area. And she she moved me here to Phoenix uh about 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago now. And so we raised our family here. We raised our family in, in Phoenix. Uh, my kids were very active. I, like any dad, I was active in coaching, active in their schools, and eventually active in the school district that they belong to. 
Um, I really thought that my political career was kind of done with my, my, my time on the school board. Um, and my daughter and I, we started this digital marketing company back in 2013. Uh, it's a digital marketing company. It's called Nona's Marketing. And Nona's is just her name backwards. It's Shannon. So uh, we, we started this company in 2013, and it was just me and her. And, and we specialize. We're a digital marketing company that specializes in social media marketing. Um, so we handle the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google Plus platforms for small, medium, and large-sized companies. Uh, we've just been building our company, focusing on business. Uh, and, and really, I've always been active in the South Phoenix, Ahwatukee region. So I teach in South Phoenix, but I live in Ahwatukee. And so about six, maybe seven months ago now, in, in October, the current mayor, um, Greg Stanton, had announced that he was going to resign to run for Congress. And after he announced, a couple of candidates jumped into the race and said, hey, I'm running for mayor. Um, at that point, I had a lot of a huge network of business owners uh, and educators in leadership uh, positions who, who started calling me up and asking me if I would ever consider running for mayor. And it wasn't like this was my lifelong dream. You know, I, I really enjoy business. Business and education are, are my two uh, loves. I, I, I enjoyed what I do. Uh, it took me a while to think about it, consider it. And the more people that called, um, the more I started you know, toying with the idea that maybe this is a good idea. Maybe we, we could do better. Maybe we as a city uh, can can bring an outsider um, to come in and shake things up. Because really, City Hall, for 34 years now, we've had a city council member become mayor. City council, mayor. Um, city Hall has had a great run, good representation, Right. Um, it's been a while since we've had so many fighting for Phoenix families and issues that matter to Phoenix families. And so after a lot of prayer, a lot of thought, and a lot of discussions with business leaders, local politicians, locally elected folks uh, in the community, I felt uh, that I, I, I had what it takes to, to come out and fight for Phoenix families. So I did, in January, I announced I was running for mayor um, and, and started laying out some of our platform. And we continue to share our platform as we go along during these interviews and during these meet and greets. Nice. And was the final decision, I can't imagine you arrived at that lightly because I don't know how long, how many hours a week that it takes to actually campaign for mayor, but um, is that one that you and the family talked about or? Yes. Yeah, we had to talk about a lot of things. I think when you get into politics, one of the problems that you face is you get a tax, right? And, and a lot of, and all my kids are adults. So my youngest is 21, which means they're all fair game. It means ex-girlfriends come back. It means uh, uh, school grades and just, you know, their social media platforms. And I mean, you just get a tax and a lot of it often is unfair. So it was one of those things where we had to come together as a family and say, are, are we okay with this? Is this really what we want to do? Um, the other thing is uh, my, my business is my life. Right. I mean, I teach adjunct. I only teach part time and I teach because I love it. Right. But but my business was taking up a lot of my life. And and so my daughter, who is my business partner, she had to take on new responsibilities that she didn't have to take on before if I were to do this. And so in December, we started the transitioning process. I'm the COO of our company and all the operations are now run by her. I'm still a decision maker. Um, I still see all the communications and the content between employees 
uh, and help with some of the decision-making skills in the process, but I'm not uh, running the day-to-day operations that I did before. So it was a sacrifice for our family. For sure. Nice. Moses, talk, what do you think resonated with people? Like, why were these business leaders calling you? What about you in particular that you think gets people excited? I get along with everybody. I, I really do. I really, I'm not afraid to talk to other people who I don't agree with. And, and, and really find a, a common place where we can move forward. And what you have, unfortunately, in, in City Hall here, is you have politicians locally, nonpartisan elected officials, who become these partisan politicians who say, hey, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you. Instead of focusing on local issues, which tend to be nonpartisan issues, like public safety, parks and rec, infrastructure, Instead of focusing on those issues, a lot of our locally elected officials at City Hall grandstand and talk about national, federal issues, partisan issues. And instead of, of working together in collaboration, we end up getting gridlock. We end up getting uh, uh, folks who just don't work together and don't move our city forward. So a lot of these folks were calling me up saying, hey, you know, you're an immigrant. Um, I'm the only candidate that speaks fluent Spanish. Right. You can appeal to a broad audience and carry that message that that really resonates. Phoenix families fighting for Phoenix families, things, issues that matter to Phoenix families, not these federal issues that your local politicians can't address anyways. Uh, You know, guns, immigration, uh, uh, wars. I mean, these are all things that that really our local politicians shouldn't be talking about. They, They can't address it. They can't do anything about it. And so a lot of the folks who were calling me had the same theme, that, that Moses, you're passionate, you get along with other people, um, you can reach out across the aisle and, and get people to the same table to talk about issues that matter. Well, that certainly resonates with me. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask was what approach would you take if you were mayor, but I guess to take that a little bit further, what are the, the issues that you would be focused on? If it's not national issues that you have no control over, which I think that that's wise not to focus on that, what, uh, what are the areas that would get most of, most of your attention? I think uh, the, the, there's two things that are really important to me. Um, one is public safety. Public safety is, is, is an important issue here in the city of Phoenix. Uh, it's not a... It's not news or breaking news that our police are understaffed in the city of Phoenix. Um, not only are they understaffed, they're also undersupported. So public safety is something that's really important to me and something that I talk about a lot on the campaign trail. But I would say probably the thing that, that really resonates with me, that I get passionate about, that I get fired up about, uh, is, is what I call public health. Not health care, public health, like health and wellness, um, homelessness. Homelessness and the opioid crisis that's happening, not just here in Phoenix, but throughout the country. Uh, Homelessness is something that just, I I see um, a homeless person sometimes, and I think of my father, who's never homeless, but I always think all it takes was was a decision or a choice that you make uh, at some point in life, and there you are. Right. One wrong turn. And it's not just uh, it's some some of the homeless issues that we have. Um, yes, drugs and alcohol are related. But again, you didn't just wake up one day and decide to do drugs and alcohol. Right. It was one one wrong choice, one 
misstep. And I think of my family and all the risks that my father took along the way to get us where we're at today and all the obstacles and hurdles and speed bumps. And at any one of those points, he could have made the wrong choice. And that could have been my dad. So I take it really personal. And, and, and so addressing that would probably be one of those things that, that I would champion right from day one. Nice. So, so public safety and public health, how do you feel like these issues track with the general with most Phoenicians, do you think that's higher on their radar or, or not? Infrastructure rates really high as well. I would say that the, 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 the last of the top three for me are infrastructure is what folks talk about. Folks talk about the water leaks and, uh, and, and sidewalks. When I talk to some families, it's interesting because I live in a community that's got amazing sidewalks. I go running out here sometimes and you see families with strollers, two and three strollers wide, right? But then where I work at, there's parks with no sidewalks. And so when I'm talking to meet and greets and families in the South Phoenix side, you'll hear, hey, you know what I'd like? I would just like a sidewalk where my kids can walk and go to the park. And I would like you to address the drug problem and maybe the homelessness that's happening because I'm not going to let my kids go to that park because there's a campsite set up over there. So, I mean, things that resonate when I talk about my candidacy for mayor are never federal issues. Nobody's talking to me about the president's last tweet. Okay? <laughs> no, they're, they're talking to me about, you know, water rates. They're talking to me about, uh, uh, you know, public safety. I called a police officer because I got run into and it took them 30 minutes to get here. Right. People don't realize how many police officers and how many patrols we actually have in their precinct. I live in a community of Awatuki with, almost 100,000 people in it. We have five patrols in Ahwatukee, five, that's it. And two of those patrols are stationed on the north side of South Mountain. That's a 25, 30 minute ride around the mountain. So really we only have three patrols here in Ahwatukee. What's, what's going on? What's wrong with this? And the police and the law enforcement association here will be the first ones to tell you they're not supported. Uh, they're also underfunded. And, and we have the money to do so. We just have to make it a priority. And unfortunately, a lot of our city council members have made national news and the next election cycle their priority. Got it. Thank you. Um, during the last election cycle, which frankly is one of the main reasons that this podcast is in existence, because Centauri and I, like everybody else, were so irritated by everything that was going on, no matter what side you were on, um, but the idea of an outsider coming in, I think that that sounds nice and oftentimes does hard. What, what experience have you had in your past that you can point to and say, I came into a situation that was pretty challenging and I actually was able to make some changes? Well, I look at the school district that I served on. I served in a school district, uh, seven high schools. Um, it's not a small school district. We had 15,000 students roughly. Um, and then the seven high schools all had different cultures. We have three Title I schools. When I first got in our school district, uh, two of our schools were rated A. The rest weren't. Um, after four years, by the time I left, all seven of our, all six of our traditional schools were rated A. And, and you have to understand, one of our schools is Mountain Point High School. Mountain Point High School, a lot of people don't realize, it's a school of about 2,500 students. Over 40% of the population at Mountain Point High comes from outside the district. So you want to talk about a really diverse school. It's an A-rated school. 
I mean, they're doing some amazing things. These are so. So when we talk about Title One and we talk about uh, the achievement gap, there are schools in our district that have actually closed that achievement gap. And we can even take it one step further. When I first got there, out of the seven schools, okay, when I left, only one had the same principal. Those are some big changes, but that's innovative. And, and although me and the superintendent didn't necessarily or philosophically see eye to eye on a lot of issues, here's where we did agree. We agreed that being innovative and bringing change isn't always a bad thing. It can be a good thing. And one of the things he did is he changed up some of the principles, moved some of the principles around, hired new principles from outside the district. Heck, he hired principals from outside the state to come in. So it's this innovative work that that the superintendent did um, with the support of the board. And our board was a very diverse board. Often I was the one no vote. So a lot of the work we did uh, was really good work and collaborative. And we had to get along. That's what local elected officials have to do. It's one mission, one fight. It doesn't matter where you come from, what baggage you're carrying, we, we all have to accomplish this one mission. I saw the same thing in Afghanistan. You want to talk about difficult missions, right, difficult challenges. There's no more diverse group of individuals out there on this planet than the United States military, right? I mean, you're getting, you know, groups from different parts of America together and sending them overseas, one mission, one fight. And you got to get along. You got to work together. And philosophically, a lot of folks in the military they just come from different backgrounds. They may or may not agree with each other, but we do the job and we do it well. So Moses, I'm curious, um, say you're elected, what would be the, uh, the first initiative you'd take on? So what would your first three months look like? I think the first three months, um, setting the tone and the standard for how I want um, City Hall to be. Um, one of the things that we, one of the problems we have is we lack this transparency and, and, and we lack this collaboration. I want to set that standard to say, hey, you know what? We're going to work together, okay? And 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 I want to hear from you. I actually learned this from a former board member on the school district that I served on. Often, board members didn't want to share how they felt about an issue. They just wanted to vote on it, yay or nay, thinking about the next election cycle, not getting caught up, right, on 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 microphone or on television. Um, and one of our board members would always ask, point blank, Centauri, how do you feel about this? I haven't heard anything from you. Please explain so the rest of the folks can understand. This transparency, this let's talk about the actual issues, um, setting that tone and that culture is something that I would do immediately. First few city hall meetings, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about transparency. We're going to talk about uh, sharing how we feel about all these issues individually. And I'm going to point, I'm going to use the bully pulpit and ask them, um, city council member from district one, how do you feel about this before we vote on this? And if you're not going to say, Hey, if you're going to push back on it, then I have a problem with that because that's not what I ran on. And that's not what Phoenix families want, but I've given you your time and I, I appreciate you, you, you making a statement. So that's really set. The first three months is about setting the culture and the standard of what we want to do. We want to be transparent. We want to use technology for transparency. I mean, we're, we're using technology right here in this podcast. Um, it's incredible. You can use your cell phone right now and spend the next five minutes and book a trip to China with a tour on the Great Wall, dinner, movies, hotel, 
all of your stuff five minutes on your phone. Good luck finding out who donated to your city council member on your phone. <laughs> I could give you I could give you days on a computer. You wouldn't be able to figure it out because the system is whack. It just is. I mean, those are the real basic technological things that we can implement to make things more transparent and user friendly. So those are kind of the two things I'd like to do. Got it. Excellent. Wow. Good job. Well, the other question that we talked a little bit about before we got started is if you could make one plea to the world, knowing that everyone would hear it, what would that one plea be? I mean, this, this is where you tap into my, I know, my, my golden rule, right? It really is. I mean, we, we, I think we, we have to be kinder to each other. I, th- I really do. I mean, we have to be better. We have to be better as, as people. And one, my one plea to the world is to, to, to listen more and talk less, right? To hear people out. I mean, you can disagree with people and, um, and, and still get along, right? You can, uh, I, I think of, uh, and I say the golden rule, but, but when, when I talk about the golden rule, I really mean, you know, the, the life of Christ, the life of Jesus, and, and all of, I mean, just embracing your neighbor, love your neighbor uh, like you love yourself. And I think that's, that's gotten me far. Uh, <laughs> it's gotten me where I'm at in my life uh, today. It's gotten my family where we're at, and, and it's what I preach at home. You know, be prayerful. Um, and and be be kind to each other. That would be my one. If I could just get everyone to to just be a little kinder to each other, I think we'll, we'll, we'd have a better world. Definitely agree. Awesome. And I listen more and, and talk less. The fact that you said when we were just getting started about how you learn more from your students than your students potentially learn from you. In the back of my mind, because sometimes I'm a cynical person, I thought, I don't know that any of my teachers learned anything from me, but that might be a me problem and not a them problem. Oh, don't sell yourself short, George. I'm sure they learned something dealing with you. I have a lot of aha moments. I mean, just, wow, I can't believe you said that, right? So, I think that's awesome. So, um, well, what what else would uh, you like to share with the audience how can people get involved with your campaign? Where can they learn more about you? Well, they simply they can go to my website, MosesSanchez.com. And I'm obviously on every social media platform you can imagine, being that that's my background, my Twitter, my Instagram, Facebook, Sanchez, Moses. Uh, I'm easy to find. I have a, 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 I have a digital footprint, and I'm very active with it. So uh, I, I appreciate the time that you guys have given me uh, to share a little bit more about my story and my background. And uh, man, philosophically, wow, you guys, those are good. I'm going to be thinking about, see, I've learned from you. So um, the, uh, the, the, the power of a good question is a very real thing. So excellent. Centauri, what else? What have we forgotten to talk about? Uh, no, that's it. I think, um, Moses, I think one of the things that we didn't uh, touch on, but maybe you don't want to talk about it, is that you're the um, one of the only R's running in a major city mayoral campaign if you wanted to touch on that great if not that that's okay i am i'm the only republican running i am a registered republican my family uh when we moved to this country ronald reagan signed our visas so i always joke around about how growing up there was a in my house there was a picture of jesus right and right below him was a picture of ronald reagan (laughs) right and so uh, you know i come from conservative values and and i think our, our city can 
could probably use some fiscal conservativeness um, when it comes to spending. I mean, we do, we do uh, unfortunately, governments waste a lot of money. And, uh, and, and you could not run your business or your, even your household budgets the way the city runs their budgets. It just, you, you wouldn't be able to do it. It's impossible to be in the, in the black doing that. And unfortunately, the city's so far in the red, um, so far that you don't even know how red they are, right, that it's causing problems. Problems like how do we address some of the social services that we should be providing out there? How do we fix homelessness? How do we fix, um, it, you know, the healthcare crisis? How do we fix some of these things? So it's, it's, you can't pay for these things if we don't have the money to do so. And because that's what you're hearing with City Hall. You're hearing we don't have the money to address public safety. We don't have the money uh, because of the pension crisis. Just some fiscal stewardship is, is needed. And so that's where my values come out. But again, I am the only R running. Uh, this is a nonpartisan race. There won't be an R behind my name. And there won't be a D behind my opponent's names. Uh, there are multiple Ds running, too. So I don't really take this as a partisan campaign, just like I did when I ran for school board. This is a nonpartisan campaign, and I'm going to talk about the issues and focus on the local issues that matter. Thanks, thanks for touching on that. Well, Moses, thank you so much for your time, and good luck to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. <laughs>